It's very common to see people who truly love God have doubts as to whether it's God's will to heal them. They may generally believe that God heals, but sometimes they feel like God won't come through in their own particular difficulty. Before long, fear begins to overwhelm their faith. If you want to overcome this situation and experience faith overwhelming fear, you'll have to get to know the Lord so well that you'll expect the power of His glory to be released in your life and free you from the bondage you're facing. I'm Steve Hannett and welcome to episode number four of the Be Healed podcast entitled, Let My People Go. In this episode, we're going to more deeply discover the God who said, let my people go. And I pray it will be a life-changing boost to your faith and cause you to expect your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to release his power to heal you. If this is your first time joining the Be Healed podcast, I'd like to welcome you to the family and invite you to subscribe for easier access to future episodes. Let's get ready and dive into God's word. One of the most powerful truths that will enable our faith to grow in God's will to heal us is simply this, that the more we know God, the more we believe him. Now, I know it's easy to say we believe in God, but I'm not talking about a general knowing about God. I'm rather speaking about the actual knowing him intimately. When speaking about what it means to truly be saved, John chapter 17 verse 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You see, it's not about knowing things about Jesus Christ, but it's about knowing him personally. When we know someone and we have an intimacy with them, we then have a confidence in not only who they are, but how they will act. Did you ever know someone so well that you could finish their sentences, that you know what they're about to say because you anticipate it, you expect it, because you know that person? Well, in the same way, we can begin to get to know God so intimately that we begin to anticipate or understand how he thinks and acts. But how is it that we can gain this kind of intimacy with God? How could we know him that well? The wonderful reality is that we have the Bible, which is an amazing historical record detailing who God is and how he has acted. Now, I don't think the Bible and Bible study was ever intended to simply be a bunch of Bible verses strung together, but rather it was to commune with him and to go into a level of intimacy with him that we would come to abide in him. Now, If we don't have that intimacy with God, we may begin to think that God is inconsistent, that he operates in a haphazard way, and we'll never know what he's going to do or what he's like. The great news, though, is that we've got the Bible, and it demonstrates the principles by which he moves and functions. And this is why we can begin to understand what he'll do today. Now, some people may say, well, the Bible is written a long time ago. How can we ever know that what happened then is how God by principle is going to function today? Well, there's three verses I want to show to kind of demonstrate a couple of truths for that answer. The first is Malachi chapter three, verse six. It reads, for I am the Lord 
I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Well, that verse describes, I do not change. Next one, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then again, he's not changing. And finally, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Well, these three verses paint a picture, therefore, that the God of the scripture is the same God we're worshiping and praying to today. And here's the conclusion. We can get to know the heart and character of God today by reading the word of God. Number two, we can know that he is unchanging and what they received then is what we can receive now. Now, let's go a little bit deeper. One of the ways in which God reveals his nature and character in the scripture is through the revelation of his names. Now, there are so many names of God in the Bible revealing the various aspects and characteristics of him. But one of the first names, in fact, the first name of the scripture that's revealed in the Bible is Elohim. It appears over 2,000 times and it first appears in Genesis 1.1. The term El means God and Him means God in plurality, revealing that He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Elohim is presenting God as creator and judge. We also see other names like Yahweh, the fact that He's Lord, He's Jehovah, He's the self-existent one. We see El Elyon, the most high God. We see El Roy, the omnipresent God. We also see the name El Shaddai, which is beautiful. It means the strong-breasted one. It speaks of his almighty nature. And we also see Adonai, that the Lord is the master. But one of the names that's actually used fairly commonly, is one of the seven redemptive names of God known as Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Rophi. It's seen in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. I'll go ahead and read the text for you to see it in its context. It says, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. There it is. For I am Jehovah, the Lord who heals you, Rapha or Rofi. It means to make healthful. It means to restore. And it's used in reference to Yahweh more than 60 times. In Psalm 103, in verses 2 and 3, it describes who heals Rofi all your diseases. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 26, it says, in the day that Yahweh binds up Rofi, the hurt of his people, and heals Rofi, the stroke of their wound. Isaiah 61 describes, he sent me to bind up Rofi, the broken hearted. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22, it says, return you backsliding children, I will heal or 
Rofi, you're backsliding. Oh, all throughout the scripture, we see that God is revealing himself as Jehovah Rofi. And in Exodus, when he's describing, I am the Lord who heals you, he's not just describing something that he does, but he's describing who he is. He is the Lord who heals. Now, in Exodus chapter 3, we're going to now look at part of that history that we said is relevant to today because God doesn't change. And we're going to look at this introduction of God to Moses. It's a dramatic encounter. It's an amazing encounter that Moses really does not yet fully understand the character and the nature of God. And so this text in Exodus chapter 3 is bringing us into the understanding of God that Moses was learning. And we're going to begin to see that as God begins to show himself to Moses, he reveals that he is a healer, that he is a liberator, that he is a deliverer. So let's pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3, and let's take a look at verse number 6. God says, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Well, when God is describing that he's the God of your father, and he goes through the family members, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, He's describing that he is the God of covenant because God made a covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God is revealing that he's a multi-generational God who has not forgotten his covenant. We'll talk more about this idea of God bringing up covenant in part two of Let My People Go, but it's just important to understand now that that was the first thing that God introduces himself or reveals to Moses. The second aspect or revelation of who God is and how he operates is found in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. It says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Well, this is a very powerful verse because God is revealing to Moses that he has seen the oppression. He knows where they are in Egypt. He's heard their cry because of the taskmasters, and he knows their sorrows. This is direct revelation to Moses that God is the God who sees, hears, and knows. This is very powerful because there are many people who wonder, is God even around does he know what I'm going through? Does he know the pain that I'm experiencing? I want to tell you boldly today that the answer to the question is yes. God saw the oppression of his people. He knew where they were, which was in the house of bondage. He's heard the cry. And I always think about the cry of a child. You know, being a dad of three children, I know the difference between the type of crying that happened when they were just trying to get something versus that cry that I knew that they got hurt and they want mom or dad. God hears the cry. 
David testifies of this and he says, the Lord heard my cry. And that cry is an intimate thing that hits the father's heart. And he knew the cry was because of the taskmasters in Egypt. But it goes even further. God says, for I know their sorrows. To me, that really speaks that God understands with an intimacy that he knows what we are feeling, what we are going through, the details of of what we're experiencing. So now, not only is God the God who keeps covenant, but he's a God who is intimately aware and familiar with what we're feeling and going through. But it's the next element that God now reveals to Moses in the next verse, in verse 8, that really begins to become super powerful. It says, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Wow. He says in verse eight, that first word, it says, so. In other words, it's saying, consequently, because I've seen, because I've heard, because I've known, now I act. Yes, this is revealing that God in his compassion takes action. He comes down to deliver out of the hand of the Egyptians. In other words, he's going to free them. He's going to, it says, bring them up. And if you look at this, he comes down to bring them up. What an awesome truth this is, that God comes down to bring us out of the bondage of sin and death and the curse that ensued from sin. The Bible says that he's going to bring them up to a good and large land. And so God is describing, I'm coming down to bring them out of the hand of bondage so I may bring them up. God sees us. And is revealing to us, he's the same today, that he sees, he hears, and he knows. And he's revealing this to us so that we will know that he takes action. So he's a God of action. He responds to the difficulty and the pains of the people. Number four is found in verse number 10, the fourth thing that God reveals. It says, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Well, in this verse, reveals that he not only takes action, but he creates a specific plan where he sends a deliverer. In this case, in Exodus chapter 3, it's Moses. And he says that I will send this messenger. I will send this deliverer, he's going to give the authority to Moses as an ambassador, that he's going to speak what God speaks, and he's going to declare as if he's the ambassador of God's will in the situation. Well, in the New Testament, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is that ultimate deliverer. God sent his son Jesus into this world where there's bondage to deliver us. And the Bible reveals in the New Testament that Jesus 
was to do the will of God, that Jesus was the ambassador of God. In the Gospel of John, it describes that Jesus could only say what he heard the Father say. He can only do what he saw the Father doing. Jesus even said that he could do nothing separate from the Father. Truly, Jesus Christ is the manifestation of the perfect will of God. The Bible even describes in John chapter 14 that when you see Jesus, you see the Father. So the fact that God sent a deliverer, Moses, in the situation in Exodus chapter 3 is an amazing foretelling and prophetic picture of the principle that God would send Jesus Christ into the world for us. Okay, let's go to number five. The fifth thing that God revealed to Moses is in Exodus chapter 3, verse 20. It says, So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. Well, the principle here is that God releases his power with signs and wonders. It says that he would stretch out hand and strike Egypt. He says, with all my wonders. This is the breaking in of the supernatural. So not only does God bring Moses and sends Moses to uh, deliver them, he also releases signs and wonders. God is doing the same thing in the New Testament. When God sent Jesus, he was also releasing the signs and wonders of his will through him. Another amazing reality was that the signs and wonders or the power of God, the wonders of God were for Israel, but were against Egypt. This is revealing that God is saying, my power will work on your behalf, but it will work against the enemy. I mean, I think it's awesome that God not only saw, heard, and knew intimately what they were going through, but he directs his power against the oppressor. A great verse in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it describes how God went about doing good and that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And it says he freed, delivered, healed all those who were oppressed by the enemy. Yes, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, For this reason, Jesus Christ was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. How awesome is it to understand that what's happening in Exodus, this, this Jehovah Rapha, this, I am the Lord who healeth thee, is the same God doing the work in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. All right, the sixth and final revelation we're going to see about the nature and character of God is found in Exodus chapter 3, verses 21 to 22. It reads, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed, but every woman shall ask for her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. 
Yes, the sixth characteristic of God of his nature is that he not only provides deliverance, but bestows the blessing of provision. When God said that he was going to give favor, he was saying, I'm going to give you favor even in the sight of your enemy. And when you go, you will not go empty handed. You see, God took of the gold and he took of the articles um, of silver and, and he took the clothing. He took all those things and he took them away from the enemy and gave them to his people. He restored them. Brothers and sisters, God is the God who restores. He restores and he brings blessing upon blessings. In the New Testament, we see that God is just delivering us from sin, but he blesses us with every blessing that is in Christ Jesus. He's literally made us joint heirs with God. This is such an exciting series that God says, let my people go. I am the God who sees, hears, and knows the pain of my people. He is the God that not only has compassion, but takes action. He is the God that goes further and puts a plan to send a deliverer. He is the God who releases his power with signs and wonders. He attacks the enemy and he bestows provision and blessing. This is the God of the Old Testament. This is the God of the New Testament. They are the same. Again, it says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even more, the Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Did you receive this teaching today? Did you receive that the very nature of God cannot change? And the very nature of God is that he is the Lord who healeth thee. I want you to know right now that you could hear his voice saying on your behalf, let my daughter go to the enemy. Let my son go to the enemy. He's speaking this. Let my children go. God does not want his church sick. God does not want his people bound. God wants his beloved children whom he has suffered for, died for. He wants them free. Oh, I pray that you could hear it in your spirit that God says, let my people go. When you with faith begin to lay hold of this truth, you will receive your healing. The enemy will let you go. Demonic oppressors will flee your body and you will be healed. He is not a God of indecision. He reveals himself and says, I am the Lord who healeth thee. Would you put your name right there? I am the Lord who heals Steve. I am the Lord who heals Brenda. I am the Lord who heals John. I am the Lord who heals. And just put your name there. Settle it forever in your heart and mind. He is the God that says, let my people go. 
Thank you for listening to the Behold podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.